Thank you for listening to Overcomers Church International Weekly Message. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened as you hear the Word of God. Awesome. Well, good morning. So if you don't know me, I think I know almost everyone in here, but if you don't, just in case. Um, my name is Sarah, and I'm Ron and Wendy's daughter. I uh, grew up in this church. I started coming here when I was 11 years old, and I'm 20 now, so so many years, you know. I'm 20, so. Um, but I uh, moved away about a year and a half ago to go to Karis Bible College, and it's been really awesome. The Lord has just done super amazing things, and Um, I've just experienced favor like I never have before in my life, and so I just am having a great time, and it's been been really good, and so um, coming from this church, my standards were like really, really high when I was looking for a church, and so I would go to churches, and I'd be like, well, you know, okay, and then I would go to another church and another one, and I just, eventually I was like, Lord, you're just going to have to speak to me so clearly and just tell me where I'm supposed to be. And so I uh, walked into the church that I'm going to now. It's really, really awesome, great church. And I walked into that church and the Lord just said, this is where you're supposed to be for this season of your life. And so it's been really good. But I was talking to um, one of our worship leaders and I'm not used to like having my hands whenever I minister because I'm always holding a... Not that I'm super experienced, but um, so anyways, I was talking to one of the worship leaders and uh, she was just, everything she was saying was just really resonating with me. You know how like when you have a conversation and it's iron sharpening iron? My brother's over here making fun of me, so I have three brothers just right here in this front row. It's awesome. I don't know how I feel about that. Anyways, so um, it was just iron sharpening iron, right? We were going back and forth, and it was really awesome to just feel like I was just really connecting with someone right after I first moved there, and so um, we were having a good time, and she was just saying all of this stuff, and I was like, amen, 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 everything she was saying, and then all of a sudden, she goes, and I remember the story about a tightrope walker, and I was like, amen, and then I was like, wait, a tightrope walker? <laughs> and so then she goes on, and she tells me this story about a tightrope walker, and the story goes, and I have a point to this, so just hang with me, and the story goes that there was this man, and he was planning to cross this great canyon, right, over this tightrope without any safety harness or any safety net or anything, right? He's just going to walk across, and he's got a lot of confidence, and so he gathers these crowds. He's telling people for weeks that he's going to do this, and um, so they come and see him. They come to see what what this great tightrope walker is going to do if he can make it across the tightrope, and and so he walks in just one step at a time, like one foot in front of the other, really easily, just super simple. He just walks across the tightrope, and he makes it to the other side. And the crowds are cheering, and they're excited, and woo, he made it across the tightrope, big deal. And then he says, so how many of you believe, looks right into the crowd and says, so how many of you believe that if I had a wheelbarrow, you know, like one wheel barrel, Um, that I could walk across this tightrope. And so there's a few skeptics in the crowd, but most of them are shouting, we believe you could do it. And so he takes this wheelbarrow, and one step at a time, really easy, one foot in front of the other, he crosses this tightrope. Makes it to the other side, and the crowds are cheering, and by now people are thinking, this guy could do whatever he wants, and he's still going to be able to cross the tightrope. And so he fills the wheelbarrow with potatoes. And at this point in the story, right, remember, story within a story, 
at this point in the story, I'm like, where could she possibly be going with this? And so I know probably a lot of you are thinking that right now, but so he fills it with potatoes, right? And so now he's got a load, a heavy load, and he's lifting it up, and he carries it in one foot in front of the other, one step at a time. He crosses this great canyon, crosses the tightrope. And um, the crowds just at this point are just cheering and believe that he can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants, and he'll be able to cross this tightrope, right? And so he looks into the crowd, and as he's dumping out the potatoes out of his wheelbarrow, right? He looks into the crowd, and he said, now how many of you think that I could put a person in here and cross the tightrope? And they're all cheering, and we believe you can do it. We believe you can do it, right? And they're all cheering, and they're excited, and they're ready. And so he looks into the crowd, and he said, so which one of you will get in the wheelbarrow so that I can wheel you across? And the crowd goes silent. And I just remember, she looked at me, right? Story within a story. She looked at me, and she said, Sarah, we all believe that God can do what." he wants to but when it comes to using us that's when we start to doubt him and man that story just stuck in my heart and I just was meditating on like God you're so good and you're so faithful and as people we believe that you can do whatever you want to we trust God when he says that he can do something we agree he can do it and we say yeah God you can do the impossible but when it comes to using us that's when we start to doubt him and so we're in this really good environment if you go to church here regularly then you're in this really good environment where you have people There's leadership here. There's prophets here who have been speaking into you, right? And you've had words spoken. Probably every person in this room has had some kind of words spoken over them about the destiny that is on their life, right? And the thing about it is we hear those things and we get excited, but then when it comes to the really practical, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to step into a wheelbarrow and let God roll me across this great canyon, and it gets really scary, And it's like, how could we possibly trust the Lord like that? And maybe we don't think it just like that. Maybe we don't, in our minds, just lay it out just like that, right? And say, God, I don't really believe you can use me. But the thing about it is, is like, we get nervous when it comes to doing what God's called us to do. And trust me, I know, because yesterday, (laughs) as I was preparing my last notes for this morning's message, I was like, Lord, I'm not going to get up and tell a story about a tightrope walker. So anyways, but we get nervous and we come up with these like excuses why we're not going to be good at what God's called us to do, right? We might not say it out loud, but our thoughts are, God's called me to be this worship leader, right? But there are already people who know how to play an instrument and who sing better than I am, than I do, and they're more anointed than I am, and they have more experience than I do, and they've already written worship songs, so God, why did you call me to be a worship leader, right? And then there's things like, God called you to be a businessman and make money for the kingdom. And God, why did you call me to do this when I don't even know how to put a business plan together? I don't even know where to start, right? And it comes down to things like, God, why did you call me to stand up in front of people and speak when I'm the type of girl who in my public speaking class last year got up and said, with all kinds of passion, out of your bellies will flow livers of riving water. (laughs) And how many of you know 
That is not how that scripture goes. It was very embarrassing. They did laugh at me. We got past it. It was great. I just started talking really fast and hurried up and finished my thing and then got out of there. So anyways, we come up with these excuses like, God, what? I promise you guys I could talk all day and my mouth will never get dry, but then I stand up here and all of a sudden my mouth is just... So, but we come up with excuses like, God, why did you call me to do this thing, right? And it seems kind of like, Lord, you didn't even make me to do this thing because I'm not good at it, right? And so I want to read you this verse. And I gave verses to the sound guys, and, you know, I don't know that I gave them this one. But um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it's verse 26. It says, For you see your calling, brethren, that there are not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the, th- the things that are. And so, and, and the next verse, actually, I'll read, it says that no flesh should glory in his presence. And so this morning, guys, I just want to encourage you for a few minutes on this, like, we have the, a promise spoken over our lives, Right? And we can come up with excuses and we can feel discouraged why this thing isn't going to work. Why this promise that God's... And guys, it could have been years ago. Maybe it was before you even came here. There were promises spoken over your life of things that you would do and things that you would accomplish in your lifetime through the ability of the Lord. And maybe you haven't seen it come to pass yet. And I just want to say that this morning, God's going to really encourage you in that there are things that he's going to bring to light, things that he's going to do in your life that you thought that you just kind of set aside and thought maybe would never happen after you've waited for so long. And so I just want to tell you, during worship, the Lord spoke to me and he just said, we're not meant to be a people of fear. And so you pick up what the Lord has spoken over your life and you walk it out and you say, Lord, what does this look like for me to accomplish what you've called me to do? And you walk it out one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. Amen. So I just want to use a few examples from the word that talk about um, people who the Lord came and met with them and just prophesied over them and laid out this perfect plan for their lives, right? And and told them word for word. And sometimes I wish it was like that for us, like, God, why don't you just word for word tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do and then I won't miss it. I won't miss it. And so I've had this irrational, like this crazy fear that I'm going to miss it all the time, right? Like, Lord, what if what if I miss what you're calling me to do, right? Like, I think it's this, and I'm really afraid of this thing that you called me to, but what if somewhere along the way I somehow miss what you've asked me to do? And I remember the Lord just spoke to me. I was outside, and I was walking the dog, which I don't have a dog, but I work for these people who have this horrible dog. <laughs> and I was outside walking him, 
And I was just, you know, talking to the Lord, trying to keep my mind off the dog. And um, I was talking to the Lord, and I was like, God, what if, what if I miss it? And it's the same fear over and over again, right? Like, what if I miss it? And um, he just said to me, Sarah, I know the number of hairs that are on your head, right? I formed you in your mother's womb, and so know this, that if you think that I don't know how to communicate to you in a way that you'll understand how you're supposed to carry out my promise, if you think that I cannot communicate that to you, then it's a lack of trust in my communication skills. Not in you to be able to hear me. You're not trusting that I know that I'm a God big enough to communicate to you and get it across in a way that you understand. Amen? And so I just, I took that and I was like, all right, Lord, okay, we're going with it then. I'm going to trust that you know how to communicate to me and I'm not going to strive and I'm not going to worry about this anymore. And guess what? Since then I have strived and I have worried and the Lord brought that back up to me because it's a continual process. We have to be willing to, every time that fear comes, we have to be willing to cast it down and say, no, this is a promise of God spoken over my life. He spoke it. He knew how to get it across to me. I heard it, and now I'm going to walk out what God is asking me to do. Whether it's a promise that was years ago or yesterday, whether it was a promise that the Lord spoke straight to your heart, or maybe someone spoke it over you, and for the first time you heard it out of someone else's mouth, and then the Lord began to confirm it to you, because it can happen different ways. And so I remember the Lord was um, bringing back to my remembrance some things. Whenever he he spoke to me and told me that I was called to teach and, and preach the word of God. I, he was bringing back memories. So this is a few years ago, bringing back all these memories of times whenever I, as a kid would play, like I was the teacher, like things I would never remember and had forgotten about, but that I would pretend I was the teacher or like when I was trying to master a concept in school, I would always pretend that I was the teacher and that's how I would get it, right? So I would always play the teacher and the Lord began to bring this up to me and just say, listen, you're, you're called to be a teacher and nobody else at this point in my life, nobody else had ever said, Sarah, I really feel like you're called to teach and preach the word. I really think just you're so eloquent in your speech and you're really good at communicating and so you're called to teach the word and no one had ever said that to me. but. I remember the Lord just bringing up these things and um, I just was just had them to myself. I wasn't asking anyone else about it or anyone else what they thought, but I just had it in my heart. And I'm sure that people around me probably knew it before I did. And, but I remember I was sitting around a campfire with some friends and they were talking about the verse in Isaiah it says that by his stripes we were healed. And I was so excited because this is a revelation that I got. This was talking about healing in our spirit, soul, and body. And I was super excited because I had just learned and got this revelation, right, at church and whatever, that God paid for our healing, spirit, soul, and body. And I remember another girl sitting at the fire with me said, well, it's, you know, Sarah, it's more of an emotional healing. It's talking about emotional, you know, healing just for you. Not, it's not necessarily referencing your body, and I remember just feeling so disappointed because I didn't know where in the word how to show her that this was talking about your spirit, soul, and body, that Jesus didn't leave anything out of the finished work of the cross. And so 
I just was like kind of disappointed. And so I asked, and Pastor Kent probably does not even remember this, but I remember after church um, one week uh, on a Wednesday night, I asked him, I said, so this is what, you know, I am dealing with. I was like, I thought that this was talking about our spirit, soul, and body, but I don't know any place in the word to prove that. And I remember he had his Bible and he was standing right here just like this. And he was flipping through the pages and he just looked up at me and he said, well, you need to know this and I'm going to show you in the word where you can find this. And he said, you need to know this because you're a teacher. And he just looked up at me and said that. And for the first time, somebody else said it out of their mouth. And I remember being so blown away, like, God, you've really been speaking to me this whole time. Like, I haven't just been having random memories of me teaching things. You know, like you knew the whole time and other people saw it in me. And so I was so excited. So anyways, I want to go through um, the scripture. Turn to Exodus uh, chapter chapter three or four, actually. Um, I want to show you in the word some different people who went on in their lives, and you probably know most of these stories, um, who had the promise just laid out so perfectly for them, right? Like God just, like I said earlier, you just laid it out. This is exactly what you're going to do. This is how you're going to do it, right? And they had it laid out so perfectly for them. And then the first thing that came out of their mouth was like this doubt and fear and unbelief. And so um, I want to read from Exodus chapter 3. So in Exodus chapter 3, it's about Moses. And the Lord is calling Moses to do this grand thing that we all know he does later. He leads the people out of the hand of the Egyptians. Um, And so he's uh, talking to this burning bush, which is the voice of the Lord coming from it. And he says, you know, this is holy ground and take off your shoes. And then he just begins to lay out this beautiful plan. And in all of Exodus chapter three, I'm not going to read it, but in all of Exodus chapter three, he keeps, the Lord starts with, surely I have seen the oppression of my people. And he says, and I know, and now I, so I've seen, and I know, and now this is what I will do, right? And in um, chapter three, verse eight, it says, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land. And so He's saying, this is a work that I'm going to do. The Lord's saying this to Moses. He's saying, I am going to do this mighty work, and I'm going to do it through you. So he goes on to tell him all the mighty things that's going to happen in all of chapter um, 3. And then the first thing out of Moses' mouth, this is in chapter 4, Exodus 4, verse 1. It says, then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they will say the Lord has not appeared to you. And so the first thing that comes out of Moses' mouth is literally the fear of man and unbelief, right? And he gets in this place of God just laid it out so perfectly. Moses, this is what I'm doing and I'm going to do it through you, right? He lays it out for him. And the first thing Moses says is suppose they don't believe me. And how many times when the Lord speaks something to us, we we won't even say what we're called to sometimes because it's like, people won't believe me if I say that. And there is wisdom. Let me just say this. There's wisdom in, there's times when the Lord will speak something to you and that's for you to keep to yourself. And there are things that the Lord has spoken over me in my life that I have never told another soul, right? And this is the difference between like Mary, right? It says that she pondered things in her heart, right? And then it, and um, 
if you look at like the life of Joseph, right? He should have kept his mouth shut. He probably shouldn't have been telling people his dreams and getting himself in all kind of trouble. So, and, but then Abraham, right? Abraham had reminders. He literally changed his name. Every time he was introducing himself, he's saying, I'm the father of many nations when he didn't have a single son. And so there's times when the Lord will tell you, you need to speak this out and declare this over your life. And then there's other times when he says, this is something for you in your heart and you just keep it quiet. And that's okay. But I have no idea where I was going with that. Um, oh, so he said, he said, people, people won't even believe me. And so you have to have the courage to say, when, when the Lord says, this is what is, I'm going to do through your life, you have to be willing to own that. Like that is now part of who you are. And you know it, and you don't fear to speak it out to anybody else. Because nobody, here's the thing. Validation comes from the Lord, not people. Confirmation can come from people, but validation comes from the Lord. And so you don't let anybody tell you what you are and what you aren't called to. And you don't let anybody tell you that you can't do what the Lord's told you to do because he's the one that created you. And I think he knows what you can do and what you can't do. And so you can look at people, you can look to leadership and people who have good relationship with the Lord to confirm things, giftings and callings in your life, but just know that validation comes from the Lord and the Lord alone. Amen? Okay. So he says, then the Lord gives him um, two different miracles. If you go on and read, it's like 10 verses. And he gives him two different miracles he can do. And one is he has this staff, right? And if he throws it on the ground, it becomes a serpent. And <laughs> Moses is such a chicken because he literally runs from it. Says he becomes a serpent and he just runs from it. Like the Lord's right there speaking to him and he just runs. It says he fled from it. I just think that's so funny. Anyways, so he picks it up and it becomes a rod again, right? The serpent, which he was afraid of. So, and then the other miracle was that he... The Lord made his hand leprous, like it was diseased, right? And he put it in, and then he took it out, and then it was, it was healed again. And so the Lord gave him two different miracles that he could do as a sign when he said, you know, go let my people go. He had a sign to show, listen, I've been with the Lord. And so the point I want to make here is that God doesn't just give you a promise, and then he's like, all right, good luck. Like, he gives you the power to fulfill the promise that he's spoken over your life. It's not just a, okay, here it is, here's, here's, here's what I've called you to do, and now you figure it out. It's still his ability. It's still the power in you is the Holy Spirit. And you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you have the power to walk through anything that he has called you to do, no matter what it is. And it might seem way bigger than us, and it might seem so crazy, but the thing about it is, God doesn't care. He has a really big plan for your life, and he's given you the power to do it. And man, last time I was here, actually, Laurie taught a message in the, um, on the ladies' night, so some of you ladies might remember, but sorry to everybody else. Um, taught a message on Psalm 78, is that right? And... Um, it was just all about, the whole psalm is all about the Israelites and how time and time again, they didn't trust the Lord. And they let fear control them and motivate them and all of this stuff. And it's like, we were talking and she was like, fear actually is just not okay. Because we think that when we're in fear, it's just fine. 
But the truth is it's not because that's a lack of trust in the Lord. And so there are things, yeah, fear coming is a natural and normal thing, but to live in fear and to let it control and dictate how you live your life is not okay. And that's not what the Lord has for you. And so then Moses says in chapter um, four, verse 10, it says, and Moses said to the Lord, so God's laid out this plan for him, right? He's given him the power to walk it out, to fulfill it, to do it, right? And then Moses says, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. So basically he's saying, God, I'm not good at speaking, and you didn't make me that way since you've been here and showed me all of these different things, right? And just straight to the Lord says this to him. And the Lord just said, Moses, who made man's mouth? Right? Who made man's eyes and ears? Who did that? It was me, Moses, and I think I know. And I actually believe that Moses didn't even have anything wrong with his speech and that it was all in his head because when you read on, it doesn't say that he ever had trouble speaking in front of anybody, but he had something to fall back on. Aaron was with him. And I was, one morning I was getting ready early before school and I was like, Lord, I wish I had some kind of like, talent or cool thing that I knew how to do so that I could like just to get me into places you know and then I'll operate in my anointings and my giftings and calling but just like something that will just get me in there you know and uh the Lord just said oh you mean like something you can fall back on if I don't come through for you and I was like oh (laughs) sorry Lord anyways And so this is what Moses was doing. He had something to fall back on. The Lord even gave him that, right? And so God's so merciful and gracious in everything. Man, he's so good. We think, I think sometimes that God's just like, all right, here, get it done. That's your task, you know? But God's so gracious, and he'll he'll bring you people along the way that's going to make your giftings and callings easier to walk out. He'll set people in your path that see things in you and be able to say, you know what? We're going to walk this out. Like, I'm going to teach you how to operate in your giftings and callings, and you're going to do a great job. And people just, and that has been my whole life with my My parents have good relationship with the Lord and they've seen the giftings and callings in my life and Pastor Kent and Liz and Laurie and all of these people who have seen things in me and have just been willing to say, you know what? You're gonna be great at this thing that God's called you to do. Whether you believe it now or not, they just keep saying it. And sometimes it's like, okay, I get it. Like, I'm going to do that thing which the Lord said I was going to do. And then it's like, but then you miss actually having that around all the time to have people constantly call the giftings and callings out of you. And God's so gracious. And that's why he's put you in a body like this one because there are people all around you who see amazing things, who see what you're gifted and called to. And they'll call it out of you. Amen? So anyways, he goes on to say, the Lord goes on to say, now therefore go and I'll be with you and I'll be with your mouth and I'll teach you what you shall say. And man, these are verses that I have spoken over myself. These are ones that I read to myself and then I look in the mirror and then I just quote it over and over and over again because I think we look at people sometimes 
and think they've got it all figured out. And if I could just, like, it's so easy for them. But then we look at ourselves and we see all our inadequacies and all of our whatever. And we think it's so easy for someone else. But here's the thing is that everybody has struggled at one point in their life. I remember, I told you I had a public speaking class, you remember that? Um, and one of the guys who was teaching the class, he said, you know, every great public speaker was horrible at one time in their life. And I remember I found such comfort in that. I was like, wow, <laughs> praise God. So anyways, it's just one of those things where it might seem easy for other people, and it's like, I'm the only one who struggles, but that's just not true, that we all have our times and our seasons when we're like, okay, like, why is this so hard for me? And God's called me to do it, and the Lord, he sees your weakness. And like that verse we read when we first started, it's, you are, might feel like you're the weak thing of the world, Right? like you're the foolish thing of the world, or the just simple person, right? I'm nobody extravagant. And yet the Lord chose to use you. And the word says that it's his strength that's made perfect in our weakness. And so any time that I see in myself a weakness where I'm like, Lord, I'm just not good at this, or I really struggle with this thing, it's the perfect opportunity every time when the Lord says, awesome, because that's the perfect opportunity for my strength to be made known through your life. That is good. Amen. So um, in Judges, chapter 6, turn to Judges, chapter 6, the next person we're going to look at is Gideon. And I love this story because Gideon is, so the Israelites are in captivity again. And Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press, which means absolutely nothing to us because we don't thresh wheat. So anyways, that's not a place where you would usually thresh wheat is in a wine press. And so the word says that he was hiding from the Midianites, from these people who they were in captivity to, right? And so he's terrified and he's in there just doing his work and the Lord shows up and um, if you made it to Judges 6, it's in chapter, uh, I'm, excuse me, verse 12. And it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. <laughs> he was hiding in the wine press, and the angel of the Lord showed up to him and said, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. And I don't think that the angel of the Lord was being sarcastic when he said this. It was he saw in Gideon, right? He saw in Gideon the thing that he was gifted and called to do, the purpose that God had created Gideon and set him apart for. He saw it, and I believe even, even him speaking these things out of his mouth, it was so easy, because the Lord sees those things. It's not hard for him to say over you, this is what you're going to do with your life because he sees how, here's the thing. God is outside of time, right? So if this is your lifespan, right? God's out here. He sees the whole thing. So he's already gone before you. He's been in your future and he's decided that you are the best person for the job that he's called you to do. Of all of the people he could have called, he asked you. That's pretty cool. 
And he says, and he sees you this way, right? And he calls that out of you. He speaks that over you. He says, this is what you're called to do. And amen, I'm going to call you mighty man of valor, even though you're hiding. Anyways, so the Lord, um, the angel of the Lord, it says in um, verse 14, it says, then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this thy might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And so he has a clear instruction from the Lord, right? He might not know all the things, but he knows what the end outcome is going to be, right? And so the Lord says this to him, makes it plain, lays out the promise, right? So verse 14 is the promise. He says, you are going to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Midianites, right? The promise. So then chapter 15 is his response to the promise. And it says, so he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And so I think a lot of times the Lord speaks something over us. And not only is it the fear of man and the people around us, but it's like, Look at who I am. Like, I am the least in my father's house, right? I'm the weakest in my clan. Like, I don't really know what a clan is, but we sometimes are thinking like, God, why me of all people, right? Because I, there's all of these people in my family who, who would be better at it than me, right? Right? Or there's all of these people in my town or in my church, in my surroundings. All of these people could be better at this than me. God, I'm the weakest. But it just goes back to what God said. And he said, Gideon, you're the mighty man of valor, right? And it doesn't matter who's surrounding you. It doesn't matter who your parents were or the mistakes that they made right? It doesn't matter who your friend group has always been. It doesn't matter who the, what the people in your town have accomplished. I've never heard of anything awesome just come out of Perryville. There's like one country singer, I'm pretty sure. And I don't even know his name. So, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that doesn't disqualify the fact that God's doing a new thing, right? He's starting a new thing in this church and in this body, and he's going to call these people to do amazing things and he's going to use the leadership here to encourage you and to do it and you have to have the confidence that it's not about the other people around you it's about what God's called you to do and what he's asked you to do you can do it amen all right one more two more examples um in Joshua chapter one this one is a little different because Joshua actually, um, he didn't have a whole lot to say right when the Lord spoke all of these things to him. And I believe that um, Joshua had a really good, I think he had a healthy view of the Lord and he saw Moses' leadership. And so when the Lord came and spoke to him, he had to say three different times, so this is Joshua chapter 1, and it says, After the death of Moses, verse 1, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, 
Moses's assistant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, go arise, go over this Jordan and all you and all of this people to the land which I am giving the children of Israel. And so then the Lord had to say, it doesn't record anything that Joshua says right here, but the Lord had to say three times. So in verse six, he says, be strong and have good courage. Then in verse seven, only be strong and very courageous. And then in verse nine, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? And so Joshua didn't have to say a thing, but the Lord knew the kind of leader that Moses was. And I believe sometimes when the Lord calls us to do it, we have this thing of like, these are really big shoes to fill, especially when somebody has gone before you and they've already done this thing, right, that you're called to do. And you feel like you have really big shoes to fill. And so the Lord just started off this time with Joshua just saying, listen, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And sometimes when the Lord says the word courage, like I, last year at the beginning of the school year, they had a whole bunch of people get up and at our orientation day, like share testimonies of what God had done in their life. And so I was like, okay, Lord, what's my word for the year? Like, what can I expect out of this year, like through my school? And he gave me this really powerful word. And then like, it came to pass and it was so cool to look back and see. And so this year I asked him the same thing. I said, okay, Lord, what's my word for the year? And before I even got it out of my mouth, he just said courage. And I was like, great like that means there's gonna be lots of opportunity for fear lord and you're saying like my word for the year is courage and so sometimes it seems so big and so scary and so unreasonable but the lord is just speaking courage over us and he knows that we're gonna need it and the thing about it is that god put his spirit inside of you not to just be inside of you and honestly, not just to have relationship, even though that's a, the main thing, right? We can have relationship with the Lord all the time. Not even just for relationship, right? He wants to use you to do mighty things. That's why we're called the body of Christ, right? God's just not going to just do something. He has to use his people to do it. And so... The Lord saying, Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Only be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you be strong and very courageous? And so I just remember the Lord spoke this to me, and I was like, all right, that's what we're going with. And then there's just been a few times throughout the year, and I was like, courage, 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 courage. And getting up and sharing in front of you guys today was actually one of those things. And it's like, I, once I get up here, it's like, oh, I see all your faces, and everybody looks really nice. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I'm so honored to be able to share. And by the way, I just want to say thank you for letting me come and share here today. I The first revelations that I've ever got from the Lord came from this pulpit. And so for me to share here today is like, ah. <laughs> anyways, I'm a little like, wow, this is so cool. But anyways, um, so the Lord had to speak this to Joshua time and time again right three times and the lord is just like that with us like he'll remind us of the things over and over again and i believe that i read something the other day 
that was a prophecy from someone and it just said, write everything down, like in big capital letters. It was like, write everything down. And I was like, oh, okay, like I'm gonna start writing more stuff down. And I was talking to Liz and Liz was like, I filled up this journal in two weeks. And I was like, I've had my journal for three years. Like I have not filled it up that fast. And anyways, um, but like just writing things down and reminding yourself of what the Lord has done. The first time that I ever got up here to share anything um, was we had a youth Sunday and a few of us shared and um, I got up and I shared from a verse in Psalms 37 that says to dwell in the land and to feed on his faithfulness. And this, it was like a really big revelation for me. And so I shared how like the Lord is like a good shepherd, right? He leads us from place to place to place. And if sheep were going to look at their shepherd, right, and just say, okay, let's look at the track record here. If sheep were intelligent enough to do that, they would say, he led us to food every time. And so I believe that verse was talking about feeding on his faithfulness. That means he's been faithful and he's been faithful and he's been faithful and he's been faithful. So he's going to continue to be faithful, right? And so sometimes we have to look at these things. Yes, it seems scary. Yes, it seems way beyond us and way too big. But guess what? God's been faithful and he's been faithful. And when has he ever let you down? Right? And so we have to look at these things and just be willing to be brave and courageous and step out. And if we have to do it shaking in our boots and we do it afraid just so that we know God's going to be faithful to us, then that's what we do. Amen? Cool. Okay, so the last one. Jeremiah chapter 1. And this is going to be in verse, um, we'll start in verse 4. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So we're starting with the promise, right? So this is the promise. Verse 5 is the promise. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And then this is Jeremiah speaking, and he says, Ah, Lord, God, I cannot speak. And this is just sort of my, I'm Sarah phrasing. Um, This is sort of my... I feel like everyone who gets up and teaches has to have like a cheesy little, you know... It's better than Kentology, so. (laughs) Okay, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Anyways, he says, Lord, I can't speak because I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, so here's the thing. There, There it was, the promise. I have ordained you a prophet to the nations. Ah, Lord God, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. We always think of reasons why we should disqualify ourselves. And I remember this used to be a thing for me. Like, I'm really young, and I just, it's not my time yet because I'm so young. And maybe when I'm like 30 or 40, like, people will really listen to me. And it was like an excuse all the time. And the Lord just said, Sarah, you have to stop making that excuse because I've anointed you right now. Not when you're 30 and 40. I mean, I will be anointed then too, but not, it's not just for then, right? 
And so I remember uh, recently I had um, an interview with my school to lead a, a mission team. I was going to be an intern on the team and help lead this, this mission team. And so they sat me down and they were like, well, Sarah, you're really young. Um, you're only 19. And probably a lot of people on this trip are going to be older than you. And by the way, I got the trip and there's one person younger than me. So anyways, um, they said, and you are going to need to be discipling these people throughout the year. So how do you feel about discipling people that are a lot older you, older than you? And I remember I just said, well, you know, I have the ancient of days living on the inside of me, so I think I can handle it. <laughs> and I was like, there has to be a switch that happens between making excuses and being so confident. And, and I am not perfect at it. You can ask my mom yesterday. I was like, I don't know about tomorrow. <laughs> like, I have to get up in front of everybody. And it seems kind of like a big deal. And But anyway, so I'm not perfect at it. But we have to get to a place where our excuses are turned into confidence. And we're willing to just speak out of our mouths what the Lord is saying about us. Not what anybody else is saying. Not what anybody else is thinking. But we just believe believe the word of God and that's what we go after with everything in us. Amen? So it says, then the Lord said, he said, ah, Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. And it says, but the Lord God said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you to and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Don't be afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you. It says, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, behold, I put my words in your mouth. I was in the prayer room a bit ago, and I was just reading over this one again. I have this highlighted in my verse from, or in my Bible, this verse in my Bible from years ago, because it was like, I have to trust that the words that are in my mouth are coming from the Lord. And so I have it highlighted in there, and it's one that I always go back to. And any time I've ever had to speak in front of anyone or give a word to someone, I usually flip back to this and just read it really quick. And all right, Lord, you put your words in my mouth. Okay, here we go. And so I have it highlighted in here. And I was just reading this in the prayer room. And there's a big, if you've been in the prayer room, there's a big map on the wall. And it's like a really big map. Usually when you see maps, they're a little smaller. And so you don't have the perspective. But I was just thinking like, it's such a big, huge world, and there's so many people, and yet, God, right now, right here, you put your words in my mouth? Like, wow. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's not that nobody else is anointed to do what I'm anointed to do, but nobody has the specific things that I have, right? Nobody has the same personality as me and the combination of my personality and the things that the Lord's anointed me to do together, nobody has that. And so it's like God has a specific calling on your life that is unlike anyone else's, right? It's unique in what he's called you to do in this whole world. And we're a tiny, tiny speck. And he has things that you're gifted and anointed to do. Amen? All right. I'm going to wind down here. I, I really thought, I told Pastor Kim before we started, I was like, yeah, I just I feel like it's maybe going to be 20, 30 minutes. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not very good at gauging my time. And now I'm like looking at the time and I'm like, wow, okay, it does go fast. Anyways, um, 
so I just want to talk about a couple of other things really quick. You have to begin to envision the promise of God over your life. I remember somebody asked me one time, they said, Sarah, when you lay in bed at night and you're about to fall asleep, what do you dream about? Like, what do you think God's going to do with your life? And I had no idea how to answer them. And then God started speaking to me things just over this last year about going to the nations and what that was going to look like. And I still don't fully know everything, but I remember I just started, the Lord was like keeping me awake at night. And I would just think about like, what is it going to look like for me to go to other countries and minister to people who I would never come across their path unless the Lord ordained it and made it possible? What is it going to look like for me to speak other la- the word of God in other languages? Like, and just begin to dream, right? The God put our imagination in us. To, I think Pastor Kent said this actually last week about strongholds. Strongholds can be a good thing, right? We build strongholds with what the word says, with what God says. And that's something that cannot be torn down, right? And so it's like we need to begin to build strongholds with what the Lord has said over us, with what he's spoken over us into our hearts. Amen? In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that is in us. And so if you just imagine your best outcome, like the thing that you think you're called to, what the Lord's spoken over you, and just imagine yourself doing it like perfectly. Like what would the perfect outcome be? And imagine that. Guess what? God can do above that. You can imagine the. You can imagine touching thousands of lives, going to different nations, and speaking different languages, and all of this stuff. But God can do above and beyond anything we ask or think or imagine. And so, be willing to just dream big. And then the next one is walk through the preparation time. Sometimes I think we are in a hurry to just get to what God said we were going to do. But here's the thing, there's preparation in every season for the next season. And I look at things that I'm doing right now, and it's stuff that the Lord has prepared me my whole life for. My whole life. Like, he's given me these things, right? And I was just even talking to my mom yesterday, and I was like, it's so cool. And my job is, I am a nanny, and I nanny these two young kids and the dog. And... (laughs) Um, and I just, and I clean their house and I'm just an extra set of hands basically to help them out. And I love it. It is so awesome. Super fun. I love my job and I think it's perfect for me. But I was just saying like all those times my mom made me do chores and I thought it was the worst thing ever. And if you're a parent, you know, it's like actually way easier. I found as a nanny, it's way easier to just do the chores yourself, right? And do it all yourself and do it right. And then teach a little someone how to do it. And so, anyways, I was just thinking about how, like, you, like, that was all preparation. And I remember my mom saying to me, well, one day you're going to be a mom, and you're going to have to do this, and one day you're going to be a wife, and you're going to want to know how to do this. And it's like, even that, I was like, that's so cool that I didn't have to wait that long. Like, here I am right now, and all the preparation that simple things like chores and learning how to babysit, you know, is like things that I'm using right now in my job and that I'm so thankful for. So anyways, the last one is just have simple confidence in God. 
Whenever I was, um, I first moved to Colorado, and it was about a month before school started, but they had this big conference um, at the school, and I was worshiping the Lord, and it was that thing that I told you about earlier, how I just had this fear of like, God, what if it doesn't come to pass? Like, what if what you've called me to do, like, I'm not really going to do it, and what if I miss it? And all this stuff, and I was just, but I was worshiping, and I was just asking the Lord, like, what if I miss it? And I was already worried about the next step, and I just got to Colorado to go to school there. And I already was like, whoa, what's next? And, and so the Lord just spoke to me, and he, and he just said, it's like Jeremiah. He said to Jeremiah, if you go on and read down, he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah starts to prophesy. He tells the Lord what he sees, and then the Lord says, You've seen well, for I'm ready to perform my word. And then in uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, this is talking about Abraham. It says, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. And so we have to have confidence that ultimately, guys, it's not us. It's not us. God said it, and he does it. Yes, he uses us. He does it through us. But it's not all about us and what we can do. He said, I am ready to perform my word. And when God calls you to do something, he's faithful to carry it out through your life. You just have to be willing for him to use you and walk in obedience one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. Amen? So um, I'm just going to read this. When I, the Lord started kind of putting this, this message together a few months ago and I was meditating on these things, um, I just sat down and I just wrote out what I thought like this message might be. And so I'm just going to read to you what it is. And then I really want to pray for some people. Um, so if you want to, uh, I told him I would give him a cue and I was like, I don't know what is a good cue. Like anyways, so it says, <clears throat> We all believe that God is able to do whatever he wants. And we as Christians believe in the God of the impossible. Yet because we know ourselves, we doubt God can use us. We lose confidence in God's ability because we know our shortcomings better than anyone else, or so we think. The truth is, before God has formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you, and he knew every mistake you would make. He knew the areas you would have no confidence in, he knew that he knew that what you would think ab- that about what he's called you to do that you would think it's too big for you to even know where to begin he knew the thoughts that you would think about your lack of abilities skills talent etc yet the god who is outside of time has gone before you he knows the future and he sees every moment and this god chose you He knew you would be the best person to do the job he has called you to do, to reach the lives he's called you to reach. And he knows every facet of your being, yet he chose you. So go back to the promise. What has God spoken over you? What has he promised to you? What has he shown you that he will do through your life? Pull those words, dreams, and visions back to the forefront of your mind and believe them. 
relentlessly believe them and get excited, beloved, because he who began a good work in you isn't about to stop now. Amen. So I just want to pray for some people. If there's anyone who wants to respond to this, like you've had words spoken over your life and then doubt and fear has come in. And there's been times when you just felt like, God, how am I ever going to do what you've asked me to do? Right? It's really easy for those thoughts to come in. And so if you have just struggled with fear and doubt over the promise of God on your life, I really want you to come up here. My dad's going to come and probably give you words and prophesy over you like he does. But I just want to pray over um, anyone who would just want to respond to this. So. Thank you for listening to the weekly message. To find out more about Overcomers Church International and to hear more messages like this one, please visit our website at ociperryville.com.